Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited to introduce you to our guest today. He is the general manager of marketing services at one of the largest and fastest growing white label agencies and also SaaS companies, two of my favorite business models all in one called Vendasta, where he leads a large team of digital agents that provide services to all kinds of different businesses worldwide, thousands of businesses worldwide, things like social media management, website creation, digital advertising, and all kinds of other things in both English and French, of course, because we're here in Canada. He's from Canada and we do things bilingual over here. Uh, he's worked in all kinds of different fields across all kinds of different businesses over his career. And he's in Saskatchewan, which is in Western Canada. So just love having another Canadian here on the show. Uh, and that's where he lives with his spouse, Alyssa, and his two sons, Auburn and Sebastian. And today, he's going to join us to help give us some insight into how he manages a team of over 60 people that are delivering services for thousands of clients and how they think about that and how they make that work. I've always believed that white label agencies are some of the best in the world at operations. So we have a unique opportunity today to get to hear from the man that's trying to make all of that work and doing an excellent job. So with all that, Troy, I want to welcome you to the show and thank you for being here today. Hey, Marcel, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's a little Excellent. cool here in Saskatchewan at the moment, but, uh, you know, it's uh, the good thing about uh, living in Saskatchewan. It's the center of the universe and we don't change our clocks. Everybody changes the clocks around us. So <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Little. So there you go, guys. Fun fact. Saskatchewan is at the center of the universe. Uh, it certainly doesn't look like that from a map, but <laughs> there it is. So before we get into uh, anything too deeply here, Troy, I just want to give you the opportunity in your own words to let us know what you're doing at Vendasta and how you guys are serving your customers today. Sure. Well, let me start with uh, talking a little bit about Vendasta. Vendasta is a technology platform first and foremost. And uh, our mission, of course, is to empower uh, small businesses around the world. We, we drive local economies is what we like to say. Uh, what Vendasta, you know, on, on the surface, Vendasta is a lot of things. And so it's hard to summarize it in a nutshell. Um, but if I were to summarize it in a nutshell, I'd say we help uh, businesses like agencies deliver their own digital services uh, and help them scale their services, as well as provide opportunities to add other services that they can scale so they can scale their business. Uh, what my role is, is the general manager of marketing services. I manage a, a large team of fulfillment agents, uh, digital agents. Uh, we've got uh, a team that does digital advertising and focuses on the, uh, you know, the, the typical uh, Google advertising. We also have our own product called Local Ads. Um, and then we have a team that does websites and uh, a number of different varieties of types of websites, uh, everywhere from sort of a, a, a templated site to uh, a full-out custom website. And then we also offer uh, another uh, number of different services, um, things like uh, social media posting, uh, reputation management, claiming listings, and uh, and then we've on the horizon are a whole bunch of other services, including some graphic design services and SEO services. 
Amazing. So here's what I find so incredible and fascinating about what you guys are doing. Most um, companies that do white label or outsource services for agencies are focused on just one thing because it's so important, you know, for them to be able to produce consistent results. Whereas you guys are able to produce consistent results across a variety of different services with your delivery team. And so to me, that's just incredible. And so I'd love to know, you know, how important is it for you guys to have excellent operations as a, an outsourced or white label delivery team? Uh, I mean, the operations is critical. Um, you know, it, it, we, we service essentially two cohorts. We have what we call large uh, cloud broker and small cloud broker. And a cloud broker is basically anyone that brokers uh, digital services or sells their own services uh, or brokers out other services uh, online. And the large uh, cloud broker would be, you know, defined like an enterprise company that may have uh, 100 employees or more. And smaller could be anything from, you know, uh, a mom and operation with 10, 12 people down to, you know, just me, myself and I uh, running an agency and looking for ways to scale it. And um, right. so we have to actually segment our customers to, to uh, streamline our operations differently. Uh, the larger enterprise um, operations require a much different way of approaching their customers uh, than do the small agency customers who may be a little bit more high touch. Um, and, uh, and maybe a little bit more flexible in the services that they offer. Whereas the larger organizations have very specific services. Uh, they don't like to stray too far from what they offer. It's sort of like, if you think about, uh, the franchise model, if you will, how they want people to have a consistent experience using their services every single time. And the smaller agencies, uh, they, they're trying to actually still business from the larger agencies, you know, where they offer the more customized approach, but of course at a, uh, usually at a higher dollar. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds like, you know, having standard operating procedures, having processes by which you guys communicate with clients, how you guys service clients, how you guys communicate with your clients, clients, and how you service them and how you produce results for them, you know, having standard operating procedures for that is a critical piece of what you do. Um, and obviously, you know, that allows you guys to bring people in, scale the team, because you guys are going growing fairly quickly. And so I would love to get some insight into how you guys are creating and maintaining these processes. Um, because clearly, that's something that you have to be on top of all the time. How do you guys think about creating and documenting this stuff? So, it, I mean, it all starts out with, uh, you know, so first of all, we have a, a, a large number of different services that we have. Uh, everything is fully documented. Um, right from the time a person is hired, they go through a training process. First, they do a, a week-long training uh, just about Vendasta and the platform and what we do as a company. Uh, and then they come into marketing services, and then they'll get specific training on marketing services and all the different things we offer. Then they go on to a team within uh, marketing services where they're going to deliver specific uh, services and they'll be trained uh, in detail uh, for through a shadowing process and through a formal training process uh, for three months um, to be able to understand the wow. individual process uh, that is focused on that clientele. So we have teams that, you know, some teams will focus on one enterprise company and then we have teams that focus on multiple smaller uh, agency type of businesses. And so that the process is everything. And uh, it, we also need to be able to make sure that we have uh, cross training amongst teams. So we can't depend on one person. We never want our individual fulfillment uh, team members to be too married to any particular partner, because if they get sick, if they quit, if something happens that they're not available, we need to be able to keep our fulfillment 
moving along uh, all the time. And so process is the key. Any one of our members, um, you know, are trained in uh, a cr- variety of different uh, verticals and in a variety of different processes and can fill in for each other as needed. So we have 62 people on my team right now, probably going to grow to about 78, 80 next year. Um, and so uh, the more we grow, the, the tighter these processes get as you know, we're also creating different levels of structure within the organization so that we can handle this because a big part of um, uh, how we are successful is we keep our teams small. We try to keep our teams between five and seven people. And uh, those five to seven people will service uh, a certain number of partners and a certain number of uh, small businesses. Hmm. And so why that number? Why five to seven? How did you guys come to that conclusion that that was the optimal size? It, it, you know, I think through trial and error is, is how it happened. Um, it, but it's what's manageable. Um, if you think about so, so in our day to day, we have, you know, weekly meetings uh, for each team, we have uh, meetings for the department, we have meetings for the company. And then we have one on ones that are done with each team member uh, at every level once a week. And mm-hmm. so that, that in itself, in order to be effective and to be for our people to be in touch, our team needs to be in touch with your people. They have to know them and spend time with them. And so it, when you get to seven people on a team and you're, you're spending seven hours a week, just in, you know, communicating back and forth to your team, that's a good chunk of your week. Uh, and so that seems yeah. to be the optimal number. And in fact, five is probably the best number. Um, but then of course you have to have a little room for knowing when it's time to create a new team. Awesome. Now you just talked about something I think is really uh, important and I'd like to dig into a little bit more, which is some of the cadences that you guys have built in. You just talked about, you know, cadences around performance review and meeting with um, employees. And another cadence I think is interesting is how you guys keep your processes up to date. Cause obviously a lot of the things you guys are working on are changing all the time. You know, Google ads are changing, the platforms you guys might be working on are changing. So how do you guys ensure that, you know, you have the right cadences in place to make sure the team is performing well and to make sure the processes you guys are following are always up to date to deliver the best results to your clients? So, you know, documenting our, our uh, process is the start of it all, um, but we're always looking for pain points and friction points and trying to remove those friction points. As a technology provider, uh, you know, first and foremost, the question is, can we deliver this or service or process uh, on a scalable way automatically? Can, can technology take over? Uh, in, in a lot of cases, it can, but also in a lot of cases, it cannot. And so first we go to the technology and see if we can get that in our, our backlog. And if not, then we have to streamline the process and remove any friction points um, that are necessary to keep things uh, moving forward. Um, and so, the, and again, this happens at every level. So any team, uh, at, you know, they have weekly meetings that they discuss their processes and what can be improved upon them. And the exciting part about uh, uh, being a growing company is our teams are always growing. We're always having a new influx of people as we get new ideas uh, generated by some of our newest employees all the time to things they've done and tried in the past, or just thinking about uh, things and looking at things as a slight difference. And some, mm-hmm. some of those little ideas can create uh, uh, like if, you know, for example, we had a situation where um, we were manually creating a report and uh, one of the a new team member uh, gave the slightest bit of a suggestion that they went to the development team with and the development team could easily implement it within a couple of hours work. And it saved us 80 hours a month in, in the time that wow. it takes to take. Yeah. So little ideas like that are, are make all the difference. And so uh, pivoting uh, regularly and always looking at your process is incredibly important. Plus, as we know, you know, companies like Facebook are always pivoting and changing. And so we're, we're reliant on a lot of these other systems that we always have to be looking uh, for ways to Im- improve our process and, and make things better. And on top of that, every 
partner that we have is somewhat different and has different needs. And so we try to keep the personal touch uh, by, you know, like to be scalable, you have to have a certain amount of consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to be successful, you have to be willing to have a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. So I'm interested to get granular on this because I think um, there's a lot of value to be unpacked here. So your teams are meeting on a regular basis. They're extracting feedback, you know, about what's working, what's not working, what could be working better. And then from there, that feedback gets captured in the meetings. What happens after that to turn it into something that's, you know, repeatable and that can actually go into improving the organization? Are you guys um, assigning people to kind of take the lead on improving process? Do you guys have a team of people dedicated to that? How does that work? Yeah, so we have we have different levels of management. So in marketing services, it starts out with a, uh, you know, I guess the basic level would be a strategist. Um, and then there's various levels within a strategist and various different positions. Uh, and then we go to a team lead. And that team lead is the person that really is where the process starts and, start, and starts to manage their individual processes. And then we have team managers, uh, which is, uh, you know, that we've broken our, our teams into three larger teams. We've got uh, what we call core services, digital advertising, and our websites team. And then uh, above that, we also have an operations manager that sort of sees it all. Uh, we're just at the point right now where, where our growth pass, path is exploding and our, the structure that we have been using is starting to implode a little bit on us. And so we're now breaking it apart and we're literally going down uh, you know, to each job position and saying, okay, do we need to split that off into two different positions? Uh, you know, because again, to be scalable, you have to have people who are very good at what they do and very uh, good at specific things. You can't have, generalists don't work that well uh, in, in scaling. You need, and in fact, that's probably one of the biggest problems that an agency have is that they hire someone as a generalist and they, you know, maybe they hire someone if they do websites to be able to do websites, but then all of a sudden they also want them to write content. And then all of a sudden they, they, you know, they need them to start maybe claiming listings or they need to, be, to do social posting. And then they're, they're spread a little thin, but because they haven't got enough work to do it all. And where we are slightly different, where we're, we're trying to build experts in all these different areas um, so that, uh, and, and many of them, so that our agencies that are coming to us can rely on an expert and know uh, that they're getting good quality work done. And so um, at the moment right now, we're, we're taking, we've kind of taken a step back and we're looking at our structure and we're trying to figure out ways where we can uh, improve on just the structure of the organization. Um, and so that as uh, problems surface, they can be fixed um, as, as low in the structure as possible, if that makes sense. So we want to be able to empower our team leads to be able to fix problems in their process without having to uh, come to us and say, uh, can I do this? Yeah. Okay, very cool. So with that comes kind of the next thing, which is you guys have got a lot of services. And I think this is something that a lot of agencies struggle with or can easily mess up, which is adding a new service to their service offering. And this is something that clearly you guys have been able to be successful at, um, not just, you know, adding a new service, but adding it as an outsource service, which I think is even more difficult. How do you guys think about, you know, examining those different opportunities for new services and how do you figure out when it's the right time to add one? Yeah, you're right. You know, and and there is an extra layer in there too of being a white label agency. Uh, So not only do we, are we adding new services? um, We have to find ways to conceal our identity and to operate under, under your brand, the agency brand. Um, And so uh, now we, we don't add new services every day. We do get asked almost daily if we can do something or another. I mean, we've got relationships with, uh, with many partners where, uh, I mean, their business depends on us uh, without question and they'll, they'll tell you so. 
Um, and, and so there's a lot of things they'd like us to do that uh, we can't do. We simply can't scale it. And so first and foremost, as we look at the, the, the ask and we, you know, you do a quick analysis of whether or not this is something we think that could be scalable or not. And, uh, and if it's scalable, uh, then it kind of goes through a process where we have a, uh, a product marketing manager who will do some research on it and we'll start uh, investigating what the, you know, what, what's out there in the world, who's offering these services, what price range are they in. Um, and then we take it back as a leadership team and we'll start to break that down and we'll, we'll essentially build a proposal um, that will go to our uh, the senior leadership in the company and uh, discuss whether or not we think this would be a, an added value to either of our, our small club broker or our large club broker cohorts. Um, once it gets to that point, then we kind of have to come back and, and break it down to actual tasks. You know, I mean, at the, at the core of every service we offer is just a bunch of things that have to get done. And, uh, and that usually happens trial and error. We we're fortunate that we have, uh, uh, like we in, in marketing services, uh, we have just about 600 partners that we work with. Uh, you know, that's not to say that, I mean, we have many, many more we work with, um, as a company has been DASTA that don't use our marketing services, but use our platform to deliver their services. Um, but you know, when you were able to partner with, uh, some of these organizations that will help us, uh, you know, trial out a service and see if it's scalable. And, uh, and that's a lot of trial and error. And, you know, sometimes a little heartache involved. We, you know, we do make mistakes uh, in that process. And, but the whole purpose of that is to figure out what those, uh, you know, what those blockers are, where the friction is, uh, what kind of mistakes they are, and then develop a process around, uh, around that. And then it just gets documented to death and, and then training, you know, uh, you know, so for example, um, you know, uh, as of lately, uh, legalization of marijuana has been a thing. So, and we've been getting companies coming to us that service that, uh, that sector. And so we ourselves have had to become experts on that cohort, what's allowed, what's not allowed. And it gets complicated because, you know, in, in, within Canada, you know, our rules are pretty much uh, across the board nationwide. Um, but when you get into the United States, um, every every state has different rules that you have to follow. And so, uh, you know, if you're doing social posting or if you're doing digital advertising, like a violation of that rule can have severe penalties to it. So, so what we've done is we had our team members, um, explore it, understand it, research it, and then train upon it. And then we have a, a learning management system that all of our, our trainings will go into and that we can then scale up through uh, training new employees. Awesome. So that was kind of the next place that I wanted to go into was I think a lot of agencies, they like the idea of documenting process. And if they go into this kind of for the first time, they document, document, document. And then the next challenge is how do we actually get the team to follow these processes so that, you know, we can ensure that they're getting implemented. Um, now I know you guys have done a lot of work around this. I know you've built a lot of internal tools uh, for this as well. Some of which some of your clients are actually able to use to kind of make sure the tasks are getting managed and done yeah. properly. What are some of the core principles that have, you know, that you believe uh, have helped you guys become successful in making sure that the team, you know, does a great job of following these processes? So because we are a technology partner, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, some of the software that we've developed um, has made it easier for us to follow process. So we have, we have a software tool called social marketing that we used uh, to post out all of our social posting. So it's competitive with, with a, a tool like Hootsuite. Uh, we have a reputation management tool, which we call RepMan, that is, again, to be able to, to uh, monitor reviews and respond to them on a mass scale and to be able to do review requests. 
uh, and probably our most important tool in marketing services is a, a tool called Task Manager, um, you know, which it could be related to uh, maybe a tool like Trello um, or, uh, you know, Wonderlist. Um, but it's sort of customized to be able to work with our partners. So it's a shared tool. So when a partner comes on board, uh, they have access to the same tool we have access to. So we're, we're truly one team. And, uh, and we have meetings with our, with our uh, agencies and our, our partners on a regular basis so that we can, and again, it depends on the level of organization. Some, sometimes some bigger operations really just hand us their business and say, these are the processes, you need to follow them every time. And then those teams, uh, they have enough volume that um, we have teams that work just on their organizations. Uh, and then some of the smaller ones uh, have the more uh, high touch approach and we'll have, uh, you know, weekly, if not daily uh, meetings with them, short meetings with them just to organize the day, make sure that we you know all the touch points that have to happen with their partners or with their customers are, are going to happen. And so it sounds like part of what's helped you guys become successful in implementing processes and having your team follow them is actually baking this into their workflow, um, which is probably where a lot of those tools come from. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And so some partners will come to us and uh, let's use a, a website design company, for example. Maybe that's what they do and that's what they're best at and that's all they want to do. But they also want to, they also know that they have a, uh, uh, you know, they have a hundreds of, of businesses that they do, uh, you know, that they have the trust of and that there's a lot of complimentary services they could be offering. So they'll come to us for those complimentary services and the task manager tool that we have allows us to determine which, which is their workload, which is our workload and builds transparency into that workload. So when we build a project out and that is related to a number of tasks, um, right from the point where they order the, uh, the service, uh, our system builds that project automatically. It's, you know, it's been, we've, we've mapped it out ahead of time. Uh, so it builds it automatically. And then we can start fulfilling on that uh, almost immediately. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. I'm just, I just want to take a moment to sit back and appreciate, like, this is probably something that seems completely natural and logical. And, you know, obviously, I don't think Vendasa could do what it does without all these processes. But I think to a lot of people listening to this, this might sound like really, really advanced and, and, and crazy. And it's amazing how many agencies just don't really have this base of processes. So it's just really cool to sit here and listen to how central this is to the way that you guys think about creating and developing services and delivering results to your clients. Um, and I think already this has been extremely valuable. So I just want to acknowledge that uh, this is truly a masterclass in operational excellence at, at a service business. You know, and with, when you think about an, uh, an agency owner, um, they have so much on their plate. They have, you know, and, and first and foremost is always, uh, they're always thinking about sales, about, you know, business development and continuing their business because, you know, natural attrition will happen, churn will happen. It just, it's, it's a part of being in business. And so 
most business owners uh, want to, you know, will always have their hand in um, business development, you know, and, and will of course hire out uh, team members as well. Uh, and it's really difficult to focus on both sales and business development and running the business as a whole and making sure that everyone's getting paid on time and that the money is there. And then also focusing on fulfillment and margins, making sure that uh, you're profiting off the things that you're doing. And so Vendasta has really taken, uh, you know, we started out with one customer, one partner who wanted a service and we just said, hell yeah, we'll just try it. We'll do it. And we had a couple of people we put onto it, didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, and, but we just made it work and we, and this, and, and we were able to, you know, trial and error within you know, a few months, uh, scale out a service for them. And then it was like, Hmm. And then as we started to mature as a company, more and more people that were coming to our website, we would notice were coming to our marketing services page. And so we just realized this was something that goes hand in hand with what we do with the, you know, with the automation and, uh, and marketing platform we have. It's a, it's a sales tool in a lot of ways and it helps uh, drive new business and understand who the, you know, which leads you can, you should be talking to, but it goes hand in hand with that. And, uh, and so the services we offer for a lot of um, partners, they, they wouldn't be able to scale their business beyond a lifestyle business if they didn't have somebody like us. Well, and this is, I think, another part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is not only did I want to siphon as much knowledge out of your brain as possible, which is being great, but I think it's also important for the agents that are listening to know that there are services like this out there. Because to your point, I think so many um, people are focused on, you know, just managing their business. They don't necessarily have the bandwidth and they might have a great opportunity to add revenue to their business, but can't afford the administrative overhead that comes with adding a new service. And I think that, you know, white label partners are a great way to get that service off the ground at the very least validate it and start selling it and start to figure out what that process looks like. Even if you do plan on bringing it in the house later. And most of the time when you evaluate it, it, it makes sense to just keep going along with the white label partner because you can make consistent margins and you don't have to take on the administrative burden of adding a new service and you can still, you know, deliver what your core service is to your client and then continue to add more value with all the things that probably go along with that. For example, you know, website agencies that want to, you know, offer SEO or, you know, different ways to drive traffic to the website they just built for their clients. So, you know, that's, another part of the reason why I want to bring you on. And for those listening, you know, I really believe that white label services are a great way to validate new service offerings and, and expand your business without necessarily adding a ton of complexity. Uh, you know, absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, partners come to us with different motivations and different goals. Uh, we've had many partners come to us with the goal of building their own fulfillment teams in different areas. But exactly to your point, uh, they, they don't, they can't afford to hire a full-time uh, web developer, or they don't understand the process involved in doing certain things that we do. And by coming on board with us and, uh, you know, selling a few services with a few clients, uh, they're able to scale that up so that they have revenue that will allow them to hire out and to, and to take on those services themselves. And by all means, some of our partners do exactly that. They build the service themselves and then they start to fulfill it themselves. And then they use our platform for different things. You know, in, you know, in addition to what we offer our owned and operated services, which is what the team that I run we also have a marketplace that they can plug into and we have uh you know many many vendors that offer very uh a, a wide variety of uh high quality services um that they can also plug into and it that the, the portal if you will for our software gives their customers an online place to log in and get access to all these things that they can sell and not have to service themselves and uh and profit from it 
It's awesome. If you guys haven't checked out the platform, it's definitely worth having a look at because not only does it add you know a bunch of potential revenue streams, but it also adds you know some nice operational and workflow tools um, to your belt that um, just help manage that relationship with the client and make sure that you know they're having a great experience as well. Any any agency who is that is uh, busting at the seams needs to be talking to us. <laughs> awesome. So there'll be some contact information down in the show notes, guys. The next thing that I want to dig into with you, Troy, is I think thing that so many people struggle with in service businesses, which is scaling and managing team, you mm-hmm. know, and resources, right? People leaving the company growing, onboarding those people, having them available in the first place to hire. Obviously, you guys have had to get very, very good at this. So I'd love to know, you know, what are some of the core principles that have allowed you guys to do a great job of making sure that even when the team is changing, even when the business is growing, you're still showing up and delivering results for your clients, and there's still somebody there to get the task done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and so, so managing people is uh, probably the biggest headache for any business owner, regardless of what type of business you're in. Um, and it's no different for us. We, we're still managing people the same way. Uh, and, and we still have all the same headaches that, that, uh, that you and everyone else on this call has if they have, uh, if they have a team of people. Um, and so, uh, you know, part of it is, um, you know, making sure that we have the right size of teams, um, and, uh, you know, making sure that we're able to deliver on, uh, any type of uh, fulfillment that is required of us, uh, regardless of whether or not someone's sick or someone is uh, on holidays or, uh, or someone quits, you know? And so knowing that number of people is always a tricky thing. You know, uh, we're obviously um, I'm always watching the revenue that's being generated by our our revenue divisions. uh, And that's helping me forecast out what, and we have, we, we have a forecast three years out, uh, yeah. of what potentially could happen. And if, when revenue grows, we can, you know, we've got, uh, tools that we use, uh, to calculate the utilization of our employees, uh, and to know exactly when, you know, when revenue hurts, hits a certain uh, dollar amount that we need to th- be thinking about bringing on another person in the various different areas of our, of our operations. And of course, uh, knowing when, you know, there's, you can only get so much, uh, you can, you can only expect, a certain amount of capacity out of any individual, you know, and some mm-hmm. there's without question, some are high performing and, and, and maybe some not so much, but there's an average amount that you expect out of every individual that, you know, that is, is just anyone can do. And you sort of go by those numbers and, you know, and that helps you determine, you know, when it's time to hire new people. Uh, and we're lucky that we're always, we're growing. We don't, we don't have to think about going the other way. Um, and I think that the, like, as, as it sits right now, my team is expected, well, our company is expected to grow, uh, by over a hundred people next year. Uh, and, and in the next couple of years, we'll, we'll almost have doubled in size. We're at three thirty right now and we're expected to be six sixty within the next couple of years. And so, you know, there's a process in place, um, that we, in fact, you know, one of the, uh, the principles, um, of my team, because we're a growing company and it, you know, it's probably in some ways easier for us to find, uh, people because people are finding us. Um, there's a lot of noise out there in, in, uh, you know, especially in the local market that we're in, we're in a smaller market, uh, in a university town with a lot of talent, and, uh, and so there's a lot of noise about, you know, good noise about us that just gets people get, we have a constant, um, uh, uh, stream of people who want to work for us. Um, but 
they're not always the right people. And our H, our department, you know, has a, uh, a process they follow and uh, ways that they bring in people to us. Uh, we also do a lot of word of mouth. So we, we know by, you know, the people that uh, are working for us, you know, we've learned to, to appreciate and trust and they have, often have people know people that would be good in the role and and that's a big way to get in the door with us uh and then beyond that you know there's a hiring process i've i've conducted you know in the year and a half i've been here i've conducted over 100 interviews um and so and and i had interviewed many people before but never that many in my career in, in that short of a time frame and so you know even our hiring process is a is, you know we have you know there's a first level of hiring that goes through our hr department and they're sort of filtering out whether or not not they think that person would be a good culture fit for the company Every company that has people knows that if you don't have a good culture fit, regardless of what your culture is, um, that's, that's where the root of a lot of problems exist. And so once we've determined they're a good culture fit, they come to us and then uh, and they'll they'll try to fit them into the right role within within uh, the operation. And we have so many different job posts. At any given time, we have 30 or 40 different jobs posted um, for Vendasta. And my team, will, you know, we all, there's, my team is that we're always hiring as well. We always have at least a few positions open. And so we'll, we'll bring them in. And then for, depending on the role that they're being in for, we'll have uh, the manager of that department. We'll have a team lead from that department, uh, sometimes a strategist and often myself uh, involved in this. And so we're, there's three or four people that are doing the interview, but it's very casual. It's, I mean, we're, our offices are our laptops for the most part, right? And so, so it, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, you know, we, we always got our laptops in front of us, but it's, it's, a, it's fairly, fairly casual, but the questions are very pointed. And we're asking questions that are going to help us determine, uh, you know, is this person coachable? Will they, will they learn faster? Will they know it all? Uh, is this person a perfectionist? And they're going to be blocked by trying to get things done the perfect way every time, or are they going to be able to, you know, know when good is good enough and move on? Uh, is this person reliable? Is this person going to, you know, show up for work every day? And, you know, because it's really important when you, when you're growing like we are and, and uh, when you have so many partners and, and businesses depending on us um, that our people are there. So, you know, we have processes in place as well, or we have, we have uh, policies in place that help with that. We have, uh, you know, we're a company that provides um, a lot of different benefits. You know, we treat our employees very well. Um, we've got, you know, massage tables, we've got gaming tables. We, we feed our people breakfast, you know, hot breakfast and lunch every day and there's snacks galore. Um, and so, and then we also have flexible. So, uh, you know, even when some of our employees aren't feeling the greatest, but they're, they know they can work, but they may not, don't feel presentable to come in the office. They can flex from home if, you know, and we're set up technology wise. Uh, our platform is just, it's all uh, a SaaS based product. So they just got to be able to have an internet connection and they can work mm -hmm. from home, you know? Nice. Uh, yeah. So. All right. So just to just summarize, I think we talked about a lot of important things here. Number one was you're using, you know, revenue and what's happening in the pipeline to try and figure out when the right time to bring people on is and, and what utilization might look like in the future. You're always hiring, you're always recruiting and building that pipeline of talent that's kind of waiting to come in the door. You guys have obviously very strict processes around how you hire, how you filter for the right fit. And then of course, earlier we talked about your very, very streamlined process for getting people in the organization and training them through a series of very specific steps to get them in the right position and learning the right things. Um, so that was great. That was very concise. <laughs> yeah, I think you touched on everything. So one of the last things I want to talk about, and it's something that you and I discussed the last time we spoke, and I think it's a challenge that we see a lot of agency owners struggle with is as they start to see the sales come in, as they start to see their client base grow, they run into this challenge of having to actually give 
the trust to their team and move up a level in management and start to let go of control over things like delivery and start to insert people between them and the delivery team. And obviously that's something that you guys have had to go through a couple of times. And now it seems like you're going through it again as you reorganize the company. What are some of the things that have helped you guys transition through these um, different segments in the business where you've had to, you know, really start to create trust within the team and uh, make sure that even though somebody that's been doing it for a long time is moving up another level, that things are still going to get done and clients are still going to be happy. I think I think one of the uh, the biggest blockers for a uh, an agency uh, owner or a business owner in general um, is them their own self you know, his or her own self. Um, and that's because, uh, you, when you, when you start to build out a business, you, you do things a certain way that you really, you know, and, and usually through trial and error, and then you find success. And then some people, um, really want to control that. And they think that's the only way to build success. And when you, and by doing that, you sort of limit yourself to all the other possibilities. And so uh, as soon as you think that way, it's really, really difficult to hire out because you're always going to think that um, no matter what, you're going to think if I can just do this better than you. So why would I pay somebody else to do it? And, and, and oftentimes when you're hiring someone new and they're learning a new process, it's absolutely true. You can do it better than them, but you need to train them how to do it. And so for an agency, uh, you know, in, who has maybe two or three people, it's really difficult because everyone's uh, full on with their roles. And it, when you bring on someone new, it slows down the team. It slows down the process and it, mistakes can be made, which can co- be costly uh, depending on the mistake. And so uh, at Vendasta, we understand that. And at Vendasta, I mean, the, the biggest thing we have uh, to our advantage is, is trust of our people. Uh, with like just unending trust at every level, uh, our, our marketing strategist, um, you know, so for a small business who hires a marketing strategist, that can be a senior position in, in, in a small business for us, it's a junior position. Uh, and we are hiring mostly, uh, just, you know, graduates that come out of our, our local university, you know, who are, who are driven and have a marketing background and maybe a sales and marketing background. Um, and so there's a whole training process that has to happen. Uh, and we're very patient with that process. And we, we not only allow for mistakes to be made, but we almost insist that they have to be made for a person to grow because we, the last thing we want is someone to have the fear of making a mistake. Now there's a, Mm. there's a big difference between making a mistake that causes that can be fixed, you know, Putting out a, a social post that has a spelling mistake is very different than, uh, you know, making a mistake that costs a, a business or your cost the partner, or the client. Um, so we do that by giving them little things, little challenges to deal with or little projects to work on. And then they slowly get to work on bigger projects uh, and, and more, uh, you know, and first they're not customer facing. And then slowly, you know, they earn their, their trust by getting better at what they're doing and starting to take calls. And before you know it, they're leaving the calls. And so it, it is a process, but for any business owner, um, it's a mindset. It's, it, you know, and, and, and it's no different if you, if you are doing it yourself or if you're hiring us to do it for you, there's a, there's a, cause that, that will be a blocker for someone coming to, uh, to outsourcing the work at all. And, and it's fair enough because I, you know, I've been, uh, a, a marketing manager at a hotel in, in one of my past lives. And, you know, we, we tried to do some more outsourcing and it was difficult and it was, it it was challenging and didn't always work. 
And so, and, and when that, if you have that experience one, one time, but you live by that as the rule, you never, you never try again. Right. You know, mm-hmm. one, I think one of the reasons why we are so successful, at least in the North American market is that, um, a, a lot of people have issues with outsourcing overseas. You know, there could be barriers to language, uh, that, or time zones that could be issues. And, uh, and because we have a team that are primarily, primarily, uh, in Canada, but there's a couple of other members that are in, in the United States. Um, but we're North American, we're university trained, you know, like there's no, uh, issues with the language barrier. Uh, we're both English and French. Um, you know, because we have that, it, it sort of builds confidence in our partners to, to, to try us. Mm. Um, but the, the biggest mindset that any business owner can, can get over and should get over is, um, that if they trust other people, uh, they'll find often that, uh, you know, just by trusting them, those people might produce even better than they themselves could, uh, just by letting them go on it. And so every, every every team member, you know, within, you, you just have to, you have to, give them the framework to work within and, and the trust grows and grows. Well, and I think that's the the key and the, the main insight that I've drawn out of this is like having the trust is one thing and then actually having the rails laid down in that process is going to give you that additional confidence that, you know, there's a direction for them to go in. And I think most often I, I see people trying to outsource, but they're not actually providing the level of support to that person to allow them the opportunity to become successful within within their organization. So that's a great insight. So the last thing that I want to ask you is the importance of data for you to do an effective job of running this massive team that's doing so many things. How important is it for you to have, you know, accurate reports that you can look at on a regular basis to do things like figure out what's our utilization going to look like? How much work is coming in the pipe? You know, how quickly are we turning around all the tasks that need to get done? What, you know, what kind of things are getting missed? How how important has that been for you guys to have the right reporting in place? I mean, it's absolutely pertinent, um, and that, and that's you know, like as a in a day and age when there's so many different tools available to us, um, it, it's kind of cool, but it's also caused a lot of uh, of clutter and confusion, and especially when systems don't talk to each other. So again, the advantage of being a technology company is that uh, when it's absolutely necessary, it gets built into our platform. And we're, we've got a, we've got a backlog of things that are, you know, that we want to do and that we will be doing uh, to, to uh, be able to eliminate all the other tools that aren't inside of our platform, because that's really then becomes a single source of truth for us as, as far as data goes. Um, but data is absolutely pertinent. I mean, you know, being able to track, uh, you know, how much, um, you know, how many tasks a, a person can handle, uh, in any given day or week or month, um, and knowing, you know, where the benchmark is for that type of service, you know, allows me to get insight into whether or not we have, uh, you know, who our superstars are, you know, where, uh, what the expectations should be and, you know, who the low performers are. And oftentimes the low performers isn't just, it's not because there, there's a reason behind it. Uh, but if I don't know who they are, I can't address those reasons. But if we can coach them when we know who they are. And uh, and so it's that type of data-driven uh, decision that's made every day in our company. That, and that happens, you know, from because we're a technology company, uh, it, you know, and maybe even before a software provider, we're a data company. Uh, I think we probably have more data uh, than almost any other company in Canada, I'm sure, uh, in, in our industry and in, in what we, you know, and, and it helps us drive decisions every single day. 
Well, and I, I love that insight because to me, you know, that's my philosophy on data inside of organizations, especially service businesses. I get a lot of pushback from people saying, well, I'm not going to track that because it's not going to be hundred percent accurate. And you know, my philosophy is, well, it doesn't have to be hundred percent accurate. It yeah. needs to be directionally accurate. Directionally accurate. Yeah. And it's not there to make decisions for you. It's there to tell you where you need to go and spend some time. It's the, it's the smoke signal before the fire, right? I was just going to say uh, it, it's the resource and it, data doesn't make your decision for you and it never should. Uh, and data can be wrong, but you just need to make sure that if, if you're using the same data set and it's directly accurate, it'll, it'll help you guide you still. That's why we need smart people. That's why we need good people in our roles because it's people that make decisions always. Awesome. I've, really enjoyed this conversation. I think we've talked about a lot of really important and interesting things. I hope all listeners at home got lots of value. If you're listening and you did, wherever you're listening to this, leave us a comment. Let us know what kind of insights you got. Um, and with that, if anybody's listening and they want to learn more about you or Vendasta, where's the best place for them to connect? Just go to Vendasta.com. It's V-E-N-D-A-S-T-A.com. It's a word that people are not familiar with. Um, and just check, you know, if you're, if you're looking specifically for, uh, for marketing services, just you'll be able to find the toggle uh, down to our marketing services division, but take a look at the whole platform. Um, you know, we have tools, uh, you know, first and foremost, we are a software uh, vendor and a technology company, and we have tools that will help you, uh, you know, sell your services, deliver your services. Um, and, you know, just forget about for a moment our, our you know, outsourcing to us. Uh, our tool alone will help you grow your business and scale your business. Um, but then we also have a marketplace you can plug into uh, and add uh, a number of high-quality services that are, uh, you know, some big brands, some lesser-known brands, uh, and be able to plug it all in and basically give your customers one place to log into to have access to all of these things, uh, including the marketing services that, that my team offers. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. That will be in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, just scroll down and I'll have links uh, for Mendasa and some of the services that they offer down there. And with that, Troy, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to be on the show and sharing so much value. Thanks, Marcel. I appreciate your time. All right. And thanks for everyone for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.